What is up, people? We are back with yet another episode of Kickoff Sessions. Welcome to episode 79. And on this week's episode, I'm joined with Mark Coles. This is an absolute excellent session. I've been a big fan of Mark's work for several years. The guy has really been at the forefront of fitness, as well as building businesses, as well as helping other people build businesses. And it's really a great episode. So a little bit, Mark. Mark teaches people, especially fitness professionals, how to turn their passion and purpose into a successful business. He's also the owner of M10 Coaching, where he has coached hundreds, if not even thousands of clients over the last couple of years, even 15, 20 years, should I add. He's also the host of the Mastery Podcast, and he's also the author of the Level Up book. We met up to discuss really not just how to build a successful business, but why should you do it? How should you do it? And how do you find that meaning and purpose at the very early stages of really doing anything? Me and Mark go through, you know, very much of his kind of humble beginnings and how he grew into his own passions and interests. We also look at how we can pass this off to other individuals and where they can find these starting points to scale up your own business. This could be in a fitness related field. This could be in a non-related field whatsoever. As you may know, you know, I have a lot of passion around fitness and training. I don't necessarily have a business around fitness and training, but I wanted to get someone like Mark on my show to discuss all of these transferable skills as well as things that are very helpful in other aspects of life. This is an absolute excellent session. I really respect everything that Mark has provided on the show and I think people will really, really love this. So it's really all about how to maximize your potential from various different aspects. If you do enjoy this episode, please rate Kickoff Sessions 5 stars on Spotify. Also feel free to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whichever one you're listening to. Or you can head over to YouTube, watch the full episode with myself and Mark and subscribe on YouTube too. So I'll leave right here. Here's my session with Mark Coles. Let's kick off. Mark, thanks so much again for this. I really appreciate it. Um, following all your stuff, I think it's been great. Um, really helpful for young people starting off in fitness industry or other related issue industries as well. Um, and you're kind of solving a lot of those problems. I think you're solving a lot of issues that people don't anticipate, things around kind of scaling, managing, and being on top of your work. So it's going to be very helpful for today for a lot of people. Good. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. So thank you for inviting me on. Of course. So you've been in this industry for X amount of years now at this stage. And what have you really observed kind of happen over the fitness industry with kind of online businesses and how they've really kind of grown over the last couple of years? Well, I think uh, you, you, I'll put some context to, to, to X. Um, yeah. I've been in the industry 21 years. Whew. So to give some context to people uh, out there, you know, um, I've been in the industry a hell of a long time. And uh through that time, I, I grew my brand and reputation without social media. So uh, I'm one of the the, the kind of few. Um, you know, there's a lot of lot of obviously very experienced people out there, but I've transitioned into from uh, marketing in the old school way into marketing the new school way, um, and in doing that, I've seen a huge transition with expectations and what people think is possible, what the reality is possible. Um, and if I can sum up what I do as a fitness professional and what my business does, we take the thing that fitness professionals join the industry with, mm-hmm. which is an intense passion for exercise and being in the gym and them knowing that they would love to make that a career and we're basically guiding them through the whole journey. You know, I've got coaches that are entering into our personal training mentorship that are just starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of personal development, a lot of life challenges that people are dealing with in finding out who they are as a human being. Right the way through to somebody who rings me and says, I'm doing well, yeah, but I want to do really well. And that's what I would say really is the difference between working with a general pop client as a PT and as an online coach who no matter how much they tell you they want to lose weight and, and improve their health and their shape, they just don't stick to the plan. Yeah. And the funny thing is in business, I have trainers that do exactly the same. And then you have somebody that rings you and said, right, I've got 19 weeks. I want to do a show. I know what show I'm doing. What do I need to do? 
and every week they follow it to the T. And that's the kind of scaling coach. That's the coach that rings me and says, look, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I know who I am, I know where I want to be. And they follow everything to the letter and they grow. But nine times out of ten, they've overcome all the life challenges, the pers- a lot, lot of the personal development challenges, not the entrepreneurial challenges by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. And that's why, for me, having been a coach for so many years, I've watched so many general population clients and bodybuilders and physique athletes go through all of these different phases. I then started working with coaches over 15 years ago in mentoring and watched all of the changes. So the approach that I have is like 360. I, I, I never rule out personal development. I never rule out your knowledge, your skills, your expertise as a professional. And I'm not, I never rule out business. And I think that there's a, a lot of people out there that are teaching people that are teaching maybe business. They're teaching yeah. maybe coaching. <clears throat> but I have a three-pronged approach because I've done everything. So if, I, if I'm working with somebody, I can tell whether they're unhappy in themselves. And I know that entrepreneurially, until you're happy with yourself, you're not going to build a better business. I can mm. tell if you've got zero self-confidence because I can spot it because I've coached hundreds and hundreds of people. I've got, I've got, I've got as my you know, late father says, you know, I've got mud on my boots. So the, the, there's very little I've actually seen and witnessed that, um, you know, well, the, the, there's very little that I haven't seen and witnessed. So I think for me, the value that we bring is what we call 360 coaching. It's it's that the, a good skilled coach in our industry is able to look at every aspect of the client and see how they can help them to improve because everybody we work with is on a long, long journey. And, and I suppose, mm-hmm. you know, as I said to you, for me, it's taking the passion that somebody has for exercise and helping them craft that into a successful business. That's That's kind of what we do. That's cool because like not everyone comes in with all the skills, you know, they may have a particular area, they may have a particular passion, but then they may fall down a lot of areas. So over the last 21 years, you've kind of built up all the different kind of parameters and kind of put a lot of more emphasis on, which is really cool because I think that could be why people shy away from getting started in the first place, which I'd love to dig into, you know, about because people kind of struggle and they put on a long finger, maybe because they're kind of like, as you said, kind of insecure. They don't have the self-confidence and the self-belief that they can go and learn the other elements because there's a lot of, lot involved in managing clients as well as the financial aspect of it, pretty much everything involved, you know? So is that some of the challenges you see getting started and how people might kind of struggle at the beginning? Well, I see this across, you see, I've, I've been very fortunate to mentor a lot of different people across different industries as well. Um, and let's take fitness out of the equation for a second. Anything that we want in life, we don't just go and read a book and we're suddenly that person. Um, anything that we want, we go to university and we learn a subject. We go to college, we do a night class, we do a diploma. The education is nothing without application. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we don't apply is self. It's down to you. Like, you don't value it. And so we might enjoy going to the gym, but we don't value becoming a business professional, a skilled coach. And so going to the gym and sitting and doing these classes with personal training or online coaching, we've not really connected the dots. And we haven't connected the dots because we've not really done much work on who we are. And in life, it's the same thing. You have anybody that's working for a company that doesn't put their all in, they haven't done any linking. You know, I do a process with fitness professionals where we, we look at what it is that somebody truly wants out of life, where they, what they want the most out of life, what's inspiring. And they go, I don't know. And I go, well, if you don't know what you want and you don't know what direction you're going in, whether it's three months down the line or six years down the line, then you're waking up without anything that's inspiring. You're just existing. You're just, you're just doing a day, right? Mm. And so we spend a lot of time with my business coaching programs and the personal training mentorship. We're one of the few personal training mentors, well, the only personal training mentorship in the world that focuses on personal development. We focus on self-worth, self-doubt. Um, values, clarity, vision, mission. And it's like, Mark, but these are kind of younger people. They're 20, 21. And it's like, like I knew where I wanted to be at 23, 24. Mm-hmm. So at 19, 20, do you, do you think Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg just kind of went, oh, I don't know what I want to create in life. I'll just do this Facebook thing. Mm-hmm. He had a vision very, very early on. And, you know, let, let, let's, let's look at these leaders. Like, look, look at these entrepreneurs around the world. I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't change my life for anything. But the last six years, our revenue, our reputation uh, has just multiplied year on year. And that certainty, I spent between 23 and 33 trying to find out who the hell I was in life. I'd got up to 22, 21, 
pretty lost at school, lost in direction. Um, spent a long time trying to find myself, and it wasn't until I really started to learn about me and what I was inspired by, what I wanted to create for my life, who I wanted to be, that life started to become alive. So when I work with a 19, 20-year-old trainer and somebody says to me, just allow this person to live, allow this person to find out, like, just just let them go through these challenges. And I'm like, but what, yeah. what would happen if somebody stopped for a second and said, why spend the next 10 years drifting through life, allowing life to just throw these curveballs at you and learning lessons? Why don't you actually start learning about it right now? Yeah. Right now. Right now, uh, you know, I, I was listening to a book on leadership on the way up to my gym in Nottingham yesterday and uh, know thyself. A great leader cannot lead other people until they can lead themselves. And it was a fascinating thing. I just finished reading a book, Legacy, by uh, Michael Kerr. I think it's Michael Kerr, about the All Blacks um, yeah. and what we could learn in business. And uh, again, the All Blacks focus on personal development, who these people are, what they bring to the environment and the energy and, and, and how they can sculpt that aspect. And I'm like, wow, I'm reading this book. Look at the All Blacks. I have such a focus on personal development because what you want out of life is a result of what you've become along the way. So we take a younger coach and we actually start to work on who they are. We start to work on their self-limiting beliefs, their doubts, their fears, their emotions. I did a, a story, a reel today about the value of your past. Everybody wants to bury their past. Our mm -hmm. past is valuable. Like whether or not you were bullied, whether or not you were this, whether you were that, whether or not you thought you were stupid or whatever, everything you went through shaped you to where you are today. So what we focus on is we've not got this trainer that we need to teach all this science theory and practice of coaching. Anybody that doesn't believe in themselves is going to get overwhelmed with the smallest bit of education. Yeah. You give somebody a book to read, they won't read it until they value it. So at school, let's go right back to being 15, 16. <laughs> Our education is teaching us to learn a subject. I think it's freaking ludicrous. Mm -hmm. that if a kid at school doesn't see the value in the, the, the education, they come out of school retaining zero of it anyway. 100%. We are, in, in my opinion, I think that we've got a educational system that's forged on history, not realistic for what really should work. I think it's too much. Uh, we need an education system, apparently, um, mm -hmm. But look at all the multimillionaires and the entrepreneurs around the world. They're hiring people who have passion over education. Because when you have passion, you'll sit and read a book. When you have passion, yeah. you'll stay at work till the end of the day. And I guarantee that if somebody works for an organization and they're passionate about what they'll do, they'll ask the CEO, they'll ask the manager, they'll ask the director for information. They'll take mentorship and guidance. And that's why, for me, I've learned more and read more and studied more. My whole room here is my office is full of books. Two arrived this morning, three are to my left. I absorb more information now in my life for the last 21 years because I fucking love what I do. Mm -hmm. So and it's, thing, just been, it's just been an obsession for you. And I think that's why you've gotten so fucking good at it as well, you know, because you just lived and breathed it. But finding your way though is something that nobody wants to get in under the hood on. And that's something I've been trying to do as well because I fucked up myself. I was working for a firm that I really hated, came out of college, good degree, worked hard, working something that I really didn't enjoy. And it was thankfully because of COVID, I had that retrospective look and I said, one, I need to get a big company. Two, I wanted to start something myself. And that was kind of what I wanted to do because I wanted a bit more autonomy and I wanted to figure these things out. Now, I still haven't figured this out. And that's why I wanted to ask you as well about those kind of like bumps in the, that period between 23 and 30. Because even though you are on some sort of self-development path and you want to improve, it's very rocky to get that right. And looking for those kind of nice, looking for ways to try to improve that is difficult when you're in the weeds as well, I think. No, it so is. it's kind of it difficult. Is. When you're in the weeds and you're, you're tangled up, the first thing we have to do is we, you have to start the untangling process. Mm -hmm. So we have to, I mean, you know, a great mentor of mine, John Martini, always said the quality of your life depends on the quality of the questions you ask. Ask no questions, you have no quality, right? <laughs> and, and to me, you know, at the end of the day, I challenge everything. I question everything. You said at the beginning of the podcast that, uh, you know, I did an interview and, with Mike Thurston. Mm. And one of the things that I remember speaking to Mike about is uh, on the episode I recorded with him on my podcast, you know, what do you think makes you different about what you do? And, 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 and after some kind of introspective work, Mike asks a lot of questions. Am I happy here? Is this what I want? 
does this fulfill me? My wife and myself on Friday night, we have a gin and tonic sat at the, the, the kind of bar in my kitchen and we talk. We talk every Friday night. Are you happy? Are you where you want to be? You know, years down the line, can you see yourself living where we're living right now, doing what we're doing right now? And if the answer is fuck yes or fuck no, then it means something's got to change. And it's, it's we're, we're a team. So when I was 23, I said to myself, what do you want? Not what do you want to dream? What do you want? Because anything that you don't start working on is a fantasy. If there is no evidence in your life that you are working towards something and there's no evidence of things actually progressing forward, then it's a fantasy. I want to, you know, somebody said to me a couple of years ago, you know, I, I, I will have a 45 million pound house. <laughs> and I said, show me the evidence right now of the task that you're doing, which would lead you to that 45 million house. And there was nothing evidential, nothing. The work rate was was poor. The results from their clients was poor. Their application of their knowledge was very poor. And I said, there's no evidence. So we need to bring this down to a more realistic goal. And so the, the first thing is it's the quality of the questions that you're asking yourself, okay? The second mm-hmm. thing that I would always look at is why, why are we blaming parts of our life for where we are today? Because there's a lot of people that I come across who are angry, frustrated, resentful, uh, bitter, other people, other events. You said you fucked up, Dan. Mm-hmm. Right? It's interesting because here's the thing. One of my great mentors, Clarissa, said to me, whenever we do a mentoring call, she says, talk to me. And I do a few minutes of just talking. And the language I use to describe me, events, now or in the past, <clears throat> or even talking about the future, the way I speak to myself tells me a lot about how I perceive myself, how I perceive other people, how I perceive different situations. So when we're living with anger, resentment, frustration, we're basically seeing the downsides of our all of our life. So therefore, we end up being very resentful and not actually taking parts of our life and actually seeing the value in them. So one of the biggest lessons for me at the age of 22, 23 was to start to understand that everything that I thought that I hadn't done well in life had actually got me to where I am right now. Because here's the deal. I played rugby and I wasn't very big. And I didn't like not being very big. I was pushed around at school because I wasn't very big. I was pushed around at school, honestly, because I was very disruptive. I was a bit of an idiot in class. The class clown was always getting kicked out. Um, I didn't really have a huge, great deal of luck with, I say luck, like fortune with girls and confidence was at an all-time low for me. And so I could say that all of that past had kind of given me this really shit hand in life that I wasn't born confident. I wasn't born in my perception good looking. I wasn't born um, with muscles. I wasn't born the leader of the pack. But a great lesson I've learned in life that your values, your, your voids, the thing that you perceive to be missing at any point in your life drive the things that you value today. And when I got to 1920, I started, well, less than that, 15, 16. The things that I perceived that were missing in my life were size, stature, and presence. <laughs> so I analyzed this myself, and I didn't yeah. realize that, that, that I ha- every single one of us has, a, has an inbuilt genius that's guiding us towards something. And if we're smart enough to listen to it and understand what the hell is going on, we can actually see that we're responsible for creating everything today and in the future. So when I was 15, 16, I didn't realize this because a lot of people bury bury their past, but I actually started to do a lot of work to look at it. When I started to see the value in who I was, I started to see how I could use those to shape me forward because we all think that at the stage we've got in life right now, if life's not happening to us, we think we don't possess any skills. So we just start telling ourselves we're rubbish, we're not good at this, we're not good at that. So at 15... <laughs> I started to realize that this guy that wasn't very big, this guy that was getting bullied, this guy that was this, 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 everything was kind of wrong in my perception. So I thought to myself, how do I turn it right? So I started training at 15. Then I started to get bigger. And at 16, I started knocking people around on the rugby field. Mm -hmm. And then I started to get a little bit more acknowledgement from people that I was hanging around with that I was a little bit of a tough boy at school. And then when I left school, I kind of was a little bit lost with my direction and I found property, but everything I was trying to do was against what I felt was right, realizing that internally when I decided to be a fitness professional, I'd thrown myself into what I thought everybody else thought I should do and actually, believe it or not, when I said, no, 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 I don't want to do that, I want to do this, I realized that, shit, you are decisive because you said you want to get bigger, you want to get stronger, you want to improve your sport. It made me a better person to hang out with people 
it, it got me to actually start thinking about the fitness industry. So from a 15, I was already shaping who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So the reason I say that is because when I started to look at what happened already, it wasn't all shit. It was great. From 15, I started to train. My love for fitness had happened. And then I started to get stronger and bigger and started to apply myself. So then I start to, what I do with every fitness professional is I look at all the value that your life's brought so far. And you start to realize, shit, I'm a pretty special person. I'm pretty bloody special. Because mm-hmm. until you see yourself as incredible human being, you're never going to be valuable to anybody else. So I've got a lot of fitness professionals coming into the industry, going back to your original question, who they like training. They don't value themselves. They've got no confidence. But here's the deal. Our industry is about confidence. It's about certainty. I believe I'm the best person to get you in the best shape of your life. And I said in front of 850 trainers when I spoke in August at the International Fitness Summit, um, the IFS, and I said to these guys, 850 in here, there's not one of you in this room that I can't change your physique. There's not one of these people in this room um, that I can't help you build a better business with certainty, with credibility, with experience. But when you stand in front of a client having a conversation about working with you, you don't even sound like you believe yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, so are you telling me that we need to work on Facebook ads, lead generation, marketing strategies, or when you, we need to wait and just find out why the fuck you don't believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's why you're there in the first place as well. Why? why you got there? Why you got there in the first place? And that's the biggest thing about people going, you know, day to day, year to year, and just cascading through life and not actually having any sort of like purpose and meaning. Awareness. And, Awareness. Exactly. And you're obviously aware of Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Frankl, which brings it all back to why is it we're doing? Because there's an element of suffering and everything. We need to f- find what find our particular suffering and what we would need to focus on. And that's where it goes into becoming really good at delivering what you're doing then, because like yourself, you know, you speak really well, you know, you very, very convincing. You're very confident. And that's what people are tying to after a while. But that for you took fucking 20 years, you know, but I think how did that actually come about when you were doing it as well? Because, you know, as you're becoming more confident and more decisive, you know, decisive becoming decisive is very, very difficult. And, a lot of people second guess themselves and especially when you're trying to sell something that becomes even more challenging. So because how do you the, find the, that the, as well? The reason being Darren is because people don't focus on progress, micro wins. Yeah. Compound effect. People don't focus on micro wins. They focus on macro. So they want a Lamborghini and every day they don't have a Lamborghini, they're unfulfilled. And every day you don't have the Lamborghini, you're unfulfilled. Every day, every day you don't have the, you know, the guy has the blonde, the woman had the tall, tall, dark and handsome man. They're unfulfilled. But here's mm-hmm. the deal. I kind of realized to myself, right, if I want a woman that finds a guy with a great body, a guy who's successful, if I want to meet that type of woman, and let's be honest in life, right, as a guy, if you want to meet a woman that's inspired by success, confidence, certainty, why would I say, and I'm going to be absolutely honest with you in relationships, I didn't realize this till I really started to get a grip, and it took me till 30 to 32, 33 to really get my head around why I wasn't meeting the right type of person, why I wasn't this, why I wasn't that. I had such incredibly high standards for myself. (laughs) My NLP coach at the age of 24, when I got to 32, I said to her, why do you think I've never met anybody till now? She said, because you told me at 24, you're not going to meet a partner until you've built a body, a business, and a brain. So every girl you meet, they're a challenge, they're a lesson, but they're never going to be a relationship. So the reason I say this to you is because I've always been committed on, on, on getting myself to a certain point. So I wanted to look a particular way in my body. I wanted to be earning a certain amount of money. And I wanted to be a, made a certain amount of impact. And until I did that, until I did that, my life was not ready to take off. So I stopped and I went, okay, what's the first step in making impact? Being the best known trainer in my town. Right. How do I do that? Get better, more results than anybody else in my gym earn more money than anybody else in my gym and have more people talking about me in my gym. Okay, until they're done, I've not ticked the box. Mm-hmm. Micro, I'm going to become the best known trainer in my town. Tick. When I'd done it, I started to get a bit bored of being in my town. Okay, what's the next big goal? Be the best known trainer in my county. So how am I going to know I'm the best trainer in my county? Well, first and foremost, I'll build the best personal training gym in my city. How much is that going to cost me? Probably 300000 to set up. Good. How do I get my accounts in a position whereby the bank will lend me 175000 Three more years. Hired a mentor. Mentor took me through the process. He said, your business isn't ready. 
good. So I became inspired by the next two to three years of building the business. I didn't go, how am I going to become a millionaire? I was going to be like, how am I going to make these stepping stones? And most mm-hmm. people are so frustrated with their themselves. They're so um, exaggerating of the future and what they want to achieve. I know that I, I, I was destined for something big, but the big never happens without the small ticking the boxes. <laughs> so I went, okay, how do I become the best known trainer in my county? I need to start writing articles. I need to be putting more content out there. Facebook then started. And I was like, right, how do I start How do I start putting content out? And I remember coaches writing an article a week. And I said, I'd do two. And I read an article from Gary Vee that said, when everybody was putting three tweets out a day, he put seven. And I went, good. If I can see a guy putting one article out a month, I'll put three. So I started to multiply the work rate comparing to everybody else, not copying what they were doing, but just seeing the work rate. And I was emulating and, and seeing what other people are doing. And then when I got to start having my work published on social media, I then started having men's health rush to write for them, muscle and fitness, started my first bodybuilding show. And I was like, right, how do I, how do I now exaggerate, take my results even further, get everybody to hear my results, see my results. And there was a time when there was a, a, you know, a couple of gyms in the UK producing great results. And I wanted people to say, your results are on par with this gym. So to go back to this kind of micro step, like for me, mm-hmm. There are so many micro progressions, but every time there was a micro progression, there was a macro goal. And so there was a micro progression accord to a macro, aligned to a macro goal. And the funny thing is, like at 22, 20, sorry, about 26, 27, I couldn't actually have told you then what the hell I was doing. It's not yeah. until I'm 44 now where th- this is why I love listening to autobiographies, wealthy people, journeys, stories, you know. You've got nothing to really teach somebody till you've done the time. You can teach somebody the science, the theory, and the education, but there's a really re- reason why these trainers are not applying everything because they, they they aren't going through the personal development bits, which I've gone through. So mm-hmm. I, whenever I'm on my business mastermind helping coaches get to a stable 5K a month, it's they can't follow the habits every single day because of personal development. They can't tick the boxes. They can't think of a vision a year down the line because they're not giving themselves permission to do that. So we focus on micro progression. Then when you start to work with a coach that's earning over six to eight K that wants to scale, the difference with this person is because they've done a lot of that challenging bit and you can, they can start to see three years ahead. <laughs> so the, 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 the ability for you to think long-term really depends on the clarity of who you are. So if you ask somebody, can they think further than three years ahead and they can't, they don't know themselves, it's all personal development. So we have to find out you. So let's set a six-month goal. That's why young PTs need to stop thinking about trying to make 10K a month. They need to stop trying to be the best trainer in the country. They need to think, of what what is going to get me from this week to the end of the month and make me smile? What's going to make me? What's going to make me proud of myself? Yeah, and the proud one is a very interesting element as well. But before we get into that, the running the short and long-term objectives is something that I actually always talk about in my podcast as well. Because similar enough to you, man, um, so I've been podcasting for so long, I was looking at the people that were like fucking huge scale. And I was like, why am I not at that point? Why am I not getting there? And when I, when I sensed that, that's when I knew, stop, go back to center. Why is it I'm doing it in the first place? And then find out then, devise my actual roadmap. And this isn't like, you know, oh, I want to just get a couple of downloads, whatever. It was day in, day out. Marketing, distribution, new guests, you know, great guests like yourself, great conversations, providing value, and then being able to scale up from there. But having the North Star is really good of like, you know, a large um, successful business and a lot of metrics are in that too of what you want to want to get to. But then I think what I was trying to focus on was about that day in, day out activity. And uh, I want to get your thoughts as well on like retrospectively looking at it because I suppose when I was getting onto that path and I was eventually, you know, doing the day-to-day stuff, it took me a while before I could look back and say, you know what, could have done this better, could have done that better and making those adjustments. And I like that part of it now because now where I'm at is like, all right, everything's not perfect, but I'm going to work fucking hard on it. And then when I see the small incremental changes, I'm just going to work on them and just try to make them better. And then I can look back in the past see you know year two year three years in terms of my my overall career and uh just try to level up continuously uh but not all at once yeah yeah, yeah. no i i i think that uh and i said this a few minutes ago there's that old saying which uh you know a goal without a plan is a wish right um mm-hmm. and uh to me 
if there's no detail, mm-hmm. it's not reality. Okay, if there's no detail, it's not reality. Like for me, in terms of reaching our financial goals and our impact goals for 2022 year end, they'll happen. Yesterday, we had a director's meeting. We had the finances up on the wall. We had the action plan up on the wall. It needs refining. It needs tweaking. It needs tightening. But we can see clearly how it's going to happen. Okay? Most people, most coaches, well, the coaches that are struggling to make progress, they don't know programming. They don't know vision planning for their clients. They can't inspire and lead their clients. So they're going session to session. Right? So the clients don't make progress because the clients have no clear direction. So if the coach has no clarity and direction for their life, they can't teach their clients how to get the same clarity and direction for their life. So their clients are coming in for a training session and the retention rate's poor because um, the clients don't see the value in the training. Well, if that happens with your clients, surely it happens for yourself too. Because mm-hmm. trainers are waking up every single day, going in, training their clients, I mean, look, doing the same day in, day in, day out, it's boring. Training course, clients, yeah. training clients, Darren, is boring. Fucking bench press is bench no, press. Look, <laughs> going into the gym and teaching a client, training a client is boring. And I bumped into somebody in the gym where I train at, and I saw him at the weekend, and I saw him actually coaching someone. And he was there, he was watching what's happening with the path of the, the arm, with the, with the dumbbell row, and he was sitting the girl upright, and he was talking to her. And I said, I, I very rarely see people coaching in the gym where I'm at. And I said, it's just a pleasure to see you. He says, well, it's actually my wife, but um, you know, it, it's been a pleasure just helping her. And he's, he's obviously a coach. He said he follows my stuff, which was very nice. And that was just watching an outcome-based individual. Mm-hmm. Because if you watch a manager of a sports team, and I watch the All or Nothing series where you listen to managers, and you know it's on Netflix and it's always at Prime, and it goes into the side Premiership football clubs and NFL, NHL, and NFL teams, and you watch the organization and management from managers of teams, bosses of teams, CEOs of businesses, and there's structure, there's detail, there's organization, there's a team, there's a training sessions, there's personal like it, there's 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 detail to win, hopefully, the Cups, whether it's the Stanley Cup or the Super Bowl or whatever it may be, or the Premier League in the UK. So when you actually start to look at that, if you're coaching a client to go from A to B to C, if you're doing a training session, then that's not coaching. So if we break down how anybody achieves anything successfully in life, it's with a plan. And if you talk to CEOs and entrepreneurs and successful people, there is a plan. So then you say, well, is it just a grand plan with no detail? No, 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 it has a lot of detail. So then you say to to you, I ask a trainer, can you show me where your plan is? Okay. If I open this here, (laughs) at the back of this book is my, uh, my master plan, my vision plan for 2022. Okay. Um, There is in here, 20, so I think, no, sorry, seven pages of my own master plan for 2022. My wife and I wrote down our collective one together for 2022. And we start editing it. We start tweaking it. We start putting detail to it. Whenever you start to actually come up with an idea or a plan, something that's got detail to it, you can't deny that you're not excited. If you know you've got X amount of guests coming up on the podcast and that's going to reach X amount of people and that can have this level of impact with the podcast, you start to see a plan. Well, then we're working towards something. And that's why for me, I work very, very hard to try and get people to give me detail. Where are you going? What do you want to achieve? What has to happen? What has to not happen? I.e., What have you got to not do? And how are we going to measure that? That's the other thing. How are we going to measure the progress. How do you do that? Well, with, with any business, if you actually look at the measurements of it, you can break it down to journaling, all right? But let's look at it from a coaching perspective. On average, if somebody gets three applications a week from posting seven days a week, and that's just lit simply from posting, and I said, mm-hmm. okay, 
let's start to multiply the lead generation if you're looking for new clients. If you're a PT and you're just putting social media posts out, which are, you know, what a lot of people do, regardless of the fact that there's a lot of people in the gym. And I say, okay, well, you're relying on PT on, on, on uh, Instagram to help you get clients. How many people do you speak to on a day-to-day basis in the gym? Uh, that's probably the downfall of mine. Okay, mm. cool. So if we started speaking to 10 people, and then within two days we moved those 10 people that we said hello to to something else, what's the likelihood of at least one of those people becoming a client in two weeks' time? Oh, pretty high. It used to work well for me, but I don't do it now. Okay, so we put social media, and we normally get one to two applications a week or a month, right? Now we start speaking to 10 people. What if we were working in a personal training studio? Have you ever tried flyering? Uh, no, I've never really thought of that. It works. It raises awareness. Good. So if we put like a QR code on a flyer and people filled that in and actually booked a consultation call with you, do you think by sending a 1,000 flyers out, we might get one or two consultations or at least raise awareness or send people to your website? Wow. So we then we have a multiplier of lead generation, mm-hmm. right? A great friend of mine, when I, when I released my book, uh, Ben Pekulski is a great friend of mine, said, Ben, uh, said, Mark, um, are you ready when uh, this book is released? Who's going to help you sell it? And I was going to be like, oh, you know, obviously it's on Amazon, da, da, da. And Ben was like, you need to reach out to X amount of people with X amount of followers with the data that's going to actually give you the reach and the spread of the book. Something that I hadn't actually considered. And I was like, shit, you got to send your book to 100 people. Then I started writing down, I've got to go to 100 people. Those 100 people, if each one's got a million, 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 uh, uh, 100,000 followers on social media, some have got half a million. And then I started to basically create a data sheet of multiplying the reach that I could have. PTs, lead generation, multiply the amount of people you speak to. If on a week-to-week basis you speak to five, let's speak to 50. If you speak to five and every month you kind of get one or two clients, if you speak to 50, the likelihood you're going to get five clients. Mm-hmm. And then you start to look at, okay, I've got 20 clients that I'm training every single day. I want everybody to get a result. What has your client got to do consistently every single week to be able to get a result? You've got 10 clients. You want three three results this month. Each of them has to lose a percent of body fat every month. We're well, going to break that down. And we're going to start looking at the education you need to get the results. It sounds pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. This is loud, isn't it? Like, like going to any corporate business. You know, my, my sister-in-law lives with me right now, works for a big corporate uh, accounting firm in central London, right? These guys are doing year-end accounting. She's in every day at the minute at the moment in, 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 in that. These guys work. Data, figure, numbers, targets. Like it's to the to the T. Think of it like this. Fitness professionals never worked in a corporate environment. Yeah. Fitness professionals come from going to the gym, and normally a lot of them fail at school. Or they perceive to have failed at school. It just gave them a stepping stone into the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. But now we're realizing that they don't possess skills in lead generation, marketing, KPIs, performance indicators. Like a KPI for me simply is if I DM 40 people a week on social media with a particular strategy, and that normally gets me five applications a week, then every week that I don't send 40 to 50 DMs, my business isn't going to grow. There's some data. So tell me why last month you sent two messages. Oh, I got really busy. I had a headache. Me and my girlfriend fell out. See, you don't have entrepreneurial mastery. I teach entrepreneurial mastery. Entrepreneurial mastery is not just KPIs. It's why the fuck you can't stick to a plan. Okay. And that's where the data you get back is so important as well. Like from, from someone who works in a data perspective as well, like being able to look at it and then use those numbers to scale or to make changes is so important because let's say the DMs are bullshit, you're getting 0% back, then you can say two things. One, I want to use something else or I want to readjust my message, improve my outbound message. There's so much changes you can make from sticking to a plan because otherwise it's completely inconsistent. The same with your your actual posts. Like uh, a lot of people could share, put up four posts a week, some could do one, some could do seven then and there's just no consistencies and you can't, there's no way you can possibly say that the outcome of your efforts is, you know, somewhat calculated because it's all over the place and there's no structure. And then as a result, your results are going to be structured. And you you said something very interesting about 5,000 euro, like um, that's quite, you know, consistent. Sure. If your inputs aren't consistent, how is the output of how much you're making going to be consistent? Yeah. I, 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 someone said to me yesterday, I was speaking to a girl yesterday. I said, tell me about your income. She's thinking about joining one of my business programs. And she went, I've been as high as five, but right now I'm two. Cool. 
three grand difference. I can't operate like that. Mm-hmm. Naturally, through COVID, we all had a bit of a dip with uh, me owning a gym. That the, the income from the business went dramatically down. But then, um, you know, especially from a from a gym perspective. But I said, "Why? What's happening?" She said, "Well, sometimes I get so many applications. Sometimes I get this." And I was like, "Listen, like, there's no operations. There's no systems. There's no data." And there's no urgency. A lot of fitness professionals sit back, create content, walk around the gym, smile at people, and go, why am I busy some weeks and not the est, right? Why do some clients get results and some don't? And I'm like, guys, I would say the majority of what I teach in business is entrepreneurial mastery. It's like you've never been in a business world. Like I had the privilege when I left school of uh, working for my father for three to four, three years. I worked for a corporate property company. Then I worked for my dad. And everything is based on figures and P&Ls. And when I started the fitness industry after two, three years, I started working for a company training trainers. It was all on bottom line. It was all on numbers. And if I had this amount of uh, um, uh, interviews with trainers, I'd probably get this amount of trainers in gyms. So from a very young age, I started to realize that performance was very, very important in terms of data. And I think if you go back, you know, all the lessons that I've learned in life, whether it's working for corporate or working in fitness with having figures and data, um, uh, it, it took the, oh, it takes a while for the penny to drop. But if you submerge yourself in an environment where that is required on a day-to-day basis, which is what a lot of trainers don't do, you know, here's here's the deal: we we teach a six-month personal training mentorship. Throughout that six-month mentorship, it's a lot of education, but the application of it is where trainers fall down because low self-confidence, self-doubt. But if they actually, which we try and get them to do, run their biggest uh, their business based on data. You've got, as you've just said right now, a collective amount of information that says last month this happened because I did this. And if I do the same or more next month, I get the same or more. It's simple. You know, Um, and and you might be listening to this episode today saying, God, that makes so much sense. But you then try applying that consistently every day. And and, and I'll just go back to what I was saying right at the beginning. The reason we procrastinate, hesitate, and frustrate over day-to-day tasks that reach an outcome is because we don't have a clear vision. I'll tell you this right now. The, the, the vision for my wife and my, our life, my vision was to build a body, a business, and a brain that ultimately a woman will be inspired by and coaches around the world will be inspired by to pay me handsomely, and I, I would end up meeting the woman of my dreams, right? It happened, Right? And as a result of that, I know hands down that if more coaches got very, 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 very clear on what they want out of life, and that starts with understanding who you are, you actually have this North Star that you, that you described. If it's, a, if it's a realistic North Star, not a fantasy, then so long as you break it down to micro steps, you'll hit it. Like, like mm-hmm. It's why a lot of people turn around and say, it ain't that difficult. Well, it is that difficult if you avoid personal development. Because the limiting factor of actually looking at the North Star and saying, I could make a million, I could change the world, I could have the world's biggest podcast, I could make the biggest impact, I could have some of the world's biggest stars on my podcast. The only reason that won't happen is out of action and internal self-belief that you're world class. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think, you know, the the funny thing is the guy like me, who was low in self-confidence, wasn't meeting girls, wasn't very big, wasn't very strong. I walk with posture, structure, earn more money than I ever thought I would earn, have more opportunities uh, to invest and network with some of the best people in our industry is a result of being very, very low in self-confidence. And that's that's why I know that when you're at bottom end, you know, I had two to three years of being buried in drugs and drink and partying every weekend and lost exactly who I was. And I wasn't saying I was coming from the depth of despair, but I came from a point of not knowing who I was. And that's why I know that when I recreated me, then everything started to happen. And that's a massive, powerful thing for a lot of people. But it's a it's a tough work, Darren. It's tough work. Mm. And what's interesting there as well is the fact that you went through that evolutionary process when everyone does. You come out of college, you're kind of like, you know, cushioned and a bit protected when you're younger and you're not really assumed to do anything. But then it's just, you know, run through the floodgates and you, you're essentially yep. going out and doing whatever. Then you're also kind of benchmarking yourself against other people. So you were comparing it to, you know, like the best person that training people in your town or your city but i think what's cool is the fact that well i think with a lot of fitness professionals they're pretty much like role models because they're showing the results of what potentially they could give their clients you know for instance look at yourself you know and 
fucking massive guy, super lean. I remember even looking at your posts, but you saying that you were like dieting and you weren't actually dieting. You're going through a period where you're super consistent with your food, you're cleaning, you're clean, clean eating. You know, you're very accountable with your training. And I was like, yeah, that's the dude who would like to train me. You know, that's the person that I want to stay accountable to. So how much of that do you think is kind of setting an example whereby you're actually genuinely that interested in it yourself and you're learning the most, always kind of upskilling and trying to improve because whether it's fitness, whether it's me in that B2B podcast space or someone in a completely un, un, you know, unrelated field, you do have to set very high standards for other people to be able to like, know, and trust and ultimately buy from you. Well, interesting question. Mike and I, Mike Thurston and I trained when we were in Dubai last. And uh, I just said to Mike, you know, I'm fascinated by the fact that fit pros, influencers, as you call it. I mean, I'd call Mike a celebrity now. I, I like yeah. a fitness celebrity. <laughs> It's not an influencer, and I don't think that uh, – I think the word influencer, celebrity influencer, whatever it is, like world-renowned fitness influencer or celebrity. Like at the end of the day, celebrities are on TV shows to me do zero for me. Mm-hmm. Right? You're just on a TV show. Like, come on. Like, it's an actor, right? Then yeah. I watch somebody that's inspiring people around the world, helping them lose body fat, helping them change their lives, inspiring people to be better human beings. That's, that's the shit that gets me out of it. Influential characters are people that help shape change in others, right? So when I actually start to look at this influential character, leadership is the quality that we need to all exude in order for people to pay us, but not just pay us, Pay us handsomely. In my local town, we were charging like 30, well, the gym was charging 50 pounds an hour, my gym for coaching. Um, and most average gyms in my town were charging 35 an hour per PT. I was charging 85, right? Because I just believed every single day that for every level that I climbed in who I was, my value to other people came higher and higher. You know, why, when we go to high-class restaurants that have awarded, been awarded Michelin stars, are we quite happy to pay three, four, five hundred pounds for a meal? <laughs> right? Why, when we go to a five-star hotel, do we not question six hundred pounds a night? Because excellence in itself is high value. Mm. But when we have excellence, we have people along those same lines as excellence that want an outcome. So if we aim to be mediocre as a fitness professional, we will charge mediocre and end up working with people that actually want less of themselves. Mm. I don't look for cheap hotels. I don't look for cheap holidays. I change the pricing structure to show me the most expensive. And I want to be around excellence. And I've never, ever always been there. But I tell you that the higher the standards I've had, the standards I set for myself, are aligned with my network. The network that I have helps me learn more and helps me grow more. And so as a fitness professional, I am going to say this. If you're ticking the boxes in terms of going to the gym and being average, then it's okay if that's your goal in life. But if you have the goals and aspiration to earn more, then you've got to step into the realms of excellence. You've got to step in the realms of actually whether it's marketing yourself on social media, sharing more marketing, you know, being more visible to your audience on social media, presenting results to the highest caliber, but not just pro- posting photos where one of your client's head's there and their body's down here, right? Place them aligned, great mm-hmm. photos, presentation style, talk with confidence and certainty, go up to people on the gym floor. Look, like I, I said to somebody the other day, the quality of your upper body depends to me of how hard you train your lower body. I've always said this. And they go, what do you mean? Well, if you train lower body like a fart, mm. and you're not going to train the upper body like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But if you want to improve your upper body, then what, let's see what you can do with lower body. Because when you train lower body harder, you're always going to make upper body harder. It's these standards that you expect of yourself. But, you know, in the gym, you know, we always say in bodybuilding, like, like people look at an aesthetic physique and they think, oh, they just live in the gym. Da, da, da. They have high standards of themselves. So I think as a fitness professional, not necessarily entrepreneur, but in our industry, to look after your body and learn on your own canvas, if I saw a fat psychologist, if I saw a fat nutritionist, if I saw a sloppy personal trainer, 
I would never want to learn anything from you. 100%. I promise you, I saw an NLP coach, a weight loss coach, fat. And I even said to my wife on TV, I was like, I'm not having a critique to the individual's personality themselves, but never tell me or give me advice on psychology. Because if you're out of shape, then that part of your life is out of, out of whack. To me, the seven, areas, the seven areas of your life, like I have a purpose, a vision, uh, growing finances, improving physique. I don't aim to be 200, you know, 300 pound bodybuilder. You know, I've been there, I've done that bit, but I, I, that level of excellence for me is my body, my mind, my life, my journey, my path, my education. And it's trying to cult, sculpt that kind of 360 dimensional coach that is improving in all areas of their life only because not to try and recreate me but it's to show everybody that if you are working on multiple areas of your life you don't only inspire other people but you have the ability to completely transform every aspect of your own life 100%. you know and, and that's why that's why the old saying you know excellence has no finish line it's just a work in progress of course, and especially when you're working on all the different factors of your life, one of them is not going to fall down. You're not going to run out of money if you're going to be super consistent and you know, you're know you really working hard on the different values. And that's one thing I put so much fucking time into myself as well. Relationships, your career, financials, all those different aspects. You know so I want to your, say... Your, 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 relationship, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your partner, your relationship with, your, with money and progress and journey and everything in your body... When you actually become deeply fascinated by every single area, Darren, and spend every single day wanting to work on those areas, you realize that, uh, you know, life's a bloody ex exciting part, place to be. Exactly. And you actually enjoy it more enjoy than it. And I, I think you know. That's a big thing to finish on, right? Mm -hmm. If you frustrate every day that you're not somewhere then it's always going to be a tough day. If you're excited by every single day to just learn and know that you're never going to be a finished article, that's yeah. like the same for every fitness professional. They obsess with trying to be a finished article. But if you enjoy being a progressional article, then are you going to be very happy? Exactly. I always, always think about that. Mark, let's say thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Um, your whole, your whole piece of knowledge, man. And uh, I'd love to do many more sessions in the future as well when, when you get the opportunity. No, no, no. It's my absolute pleasure to talk to you, and I, I'm very grateful that you've asked me to be on.